Hey everyone, welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jill Pelkey. If this is the first time that you're listening, you could check out past episodes on soundcloud.com or iTunes by searching Activate Jillian Pelkey. I want to give a shout out to everyone who was with me at Smith Mills Camp in Dartmouth, Massachusetts this past week. I'm very thankful to Pastor Andrew Savaria for the opportunity to come and preach. Uh, My next preaching engagement will be September 8th at Resurrection Assembly of God in Clinton, New York. Uh, That'll be at 1030, 44 Kirkland Ave, Clinton, New York. Uh, After that, I will be at the Overflow Conference in Binghamton, New York, and you could get more information about that at newyorkwomenofpurpose.org, and that's the Overflow Conference in Binghamton. I'll be doing a breakout session there. After that, the next thing is Hope for a Woman's Heart in Lake George, New York, at the Lake George Conference Center. That will be, uh, you can check that out by hopeforwomensheart.com and sign up for that conference there. All right, let's pray. And I am so excited for what God has laid on my heart yesterday. Just excited about something new. I was driving in my car and the Lord just dropped in my heart. I have something new for you. And there was a little bit of me that was a little scared And a little bit of me that was a little excited. And so I just pulled over the car and I said, all right, God, what do you have? And uh, that's what I'm going to share with you today. So let's pray and then we'll get right into the word together. God, I thank you that you're here with us. You are Emmanuel, God with us, that you are right here in this moment with me here as I preach, with each person listening, wherever they are, God, you are with us. You are the God that walks with us, talks with us, that spends life with us. And Lord, we are so grateful that you are a God who looks down at each individual person in each individual nation, from uh, America to China to Africa to South America. God, you are everywhere, and you care so individually about us. So God, I pray that we would open our hearts to what you have for us today, that God, we would open up and listen to the word of God. Jesus, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. This moment, God, we surrender our thoughts, our emotions, our time to hear what you would say to us. Word of God, speak to us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to read from Mark chapter 8. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, but where is this remote place? Can anyone get enough bread to feed them? How many loaves do you have? Jesus said. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks for them, he gave them to distribute to the people, and they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 were present, and he had had it after he had sent them away. They got into the boat with his disciples and went to the region of Dalmathuna. The Pharisees came and began to question Jesus, to test him. They asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply and said, why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to it. Then he left, got back in the boat and crossed to the other side. Okay, 
Mark chapter 8, verse 14, and here's where we're going to settle in. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf that they had with them in the boat. Verse 15, be careful, Jesus warned. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed with one another and said, is it because we have no bread? Aware of the discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but feel to, fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves and the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? 12, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls did you pick up? They answered, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? The disciples of Jesus saw miracles happen in real time. They saw things that defied science, that defied natural thinking. They saw thousands of people fed by bread that wasn't enough to feed them, and there were some left over. And then as they're looking to, to how much bread they have for themselves, they don't even still understand what Jesus is saying to them. What is it Jesus is saying to us in this portion of Scripture? Obviously that Jesus provides. Obviously that our attention has to be on the things of God, not just on the things that we see, but on supernatural things. But here's what the Lord really spoke to me. What is broken in your life provides for others. What is broken in your life provides for others. For instance, pride, money, and time. When pride is broken in my life, when pride is ripped in two and it's no longer a full piece, it's no longer that heavy, when pride is broken in my life, I'm able to give hope to other people. When pride is broken in my life, I'm able to give hope to other people. If I walk around full of pride, full of myself, I can't give to other people. Pride has to be broken in my life. The only way that pride can be broken in my life is if I spend time in the presence of Jesus. In the presence of Jesus, I realize that no sin disqualifies me from his service. That repentance brings a, a, a joy. That repentance brings beauty out of ashes. That rep repentance restores my soul. And in repentance, my guilt and my shame is washed away with a scrub brush of the Holy Spirit. I don't walk around with my head held down. I walk around with my head held high full of joy. There's no pride in me. My pride is in Jesus. There's no pride in me. My pride is in what Jesus has done. Look what the Lord has done. When pride is broken in my life, I can give hope to thousands. But if I keep holding on to my sin, if I keep holding on to myself, if I don't allow myself to be broken, then I'm just one loaf of bread. 
And who can that feed? It's not enough. But brokenness, brokenness of myself before the Lord, honesty before the Lord washes away shame and guilt and allows me to be used for other people. What is broken in my life provides for others. What is broken in my life provides for others. What about money? When money is broken in my life, I can give resources to other people. When money is broken in my life, I can give resources to other people. That, what I mean is to have a spirit of generosity that whatever I have doesn't really belong to me but belongs to the Lord. Come on. A lot of us spend our lives working for money for ourselves to better ourselves, working for money for our children to have things that they don't really need. But when money is broken in my life, when I realize that every single penny that I have comes from the Father who gives generously to me, then I don't hold on to it because I can trust that he will take care of me. But if I'm working so hard to take care of myself, I don't have time or resource to take care of other people. People is where it's at. Relationship is where it's at. It's taking care of other people. We aren't placed in this world to take care of ourselves. Jesus promises that he will provide for us, that he will take care of us. So when we spend ourselves on other people, we're acting like Jesus. If I can break the hold of money in my life, if I can break the idol of money in my life, if I stop making money my God, money my, uh, my act of, of what I'm going after in my life, when I can put money and say, put it in its proper place and say money is broken in my life, I trust God to provide it. If he asks me to do it, then he'll see me through it. If he asks me to give, then he's going to provide on the other end. When we hold on to our money, we can only serve ourselves. But when we give our money away, we open up the door of opportunity for the God of heaven to pour out his blessings and provide for us. You think of the story of the rich young ruler and Jesus himself looks this man in the eyes, this man who had done every good thing. He obeyed the law to the letter. He did all the things right, all the things right. Day after day, week after week, month after month, you would look at the rich young ruler as a pious man, a man who follows after the things of God. And Jesus looks him in the eye and he says, here's what you need to do. Sell everything you have. Give the money to the poor and come follow me. The problem wasn't that he loved his stuff. The problem was that he couldn't trust Jesus to provide for him. If he sold all his stuff, who would take care of him? He was taking care of himself. Are you taking care of yourself? Or do you allow God to take care of you? Have you held on so tightly to your bank account and to your money? Or have you let it go before Jesus? The only way to do this is to spend time in the presence of God. 
Because when God says, give this to this person, you do it. Not when your emotions or someone tells you to. It's it's when God speaks directly to your heart because we serve a God, Emmanuel, who is with us, a God who speaks. We serve a God who has sent his Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us into all truth. We don't go blindly. We don't go by our emotions. We don't go by what somebody else says. We go by the Spirit of God. What God says we do and we do it quickly and we do it obediently. We have to listen to the voice of God. We have to release money in our lives so that the thing in my life that can be broken can be a blessing to so many others. What is broken in my life provides for others. My pride, my sin, my money, and my time. When time is broken in my life, I can give resources to others, the resource of time, the resource of a listening ear, the resource of myself. But when I make time all about myself, what I need, what my kids need, what I'm doing, what I'm doing, what I'm doing, what I'm doing, and I fail to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit that says, I want you to take yourself, your body, your mind, your spirit, yourself, your feet, and walk and be a resource to someone else, to stand beside, shoulder to shoulder with someone else who is grieving, to wrap your arms around someone that's hurting, to be there, to be a listening ear, to be a praying voice, to be a person who just shows up and washes dishes alongside someone else. You can be a resource, but time has to be broken in your life. You can't hold on so dearly to your time. Your time is not yours. It belongs to Jesus. God, what do you have for me to do today in this moment? I belong to you. I don't serve myself. My time, when used for myself, it will benefit myself. But when time is broken in my life, it can be a resource to so many other people that my life could be given up on behalf of somebody else. What if? Your life was not for you. What if your life was meant to be spent for other people? What if your life was meant to be spent for other people? Mother Teresa's life was not her own. Her time was not her own. Her money was not her own. Her pride was not her own. It was broken. Those things broken in her life provided for thousands, if not millions of people because she didn't hold on to those things. God was able to use her life. He was able to provide for her. I don't know how many pairs of shoes she gave away but it's more than I've ever given away because I hold on thinking that I need to provide for myself, that I need to resource myself, that I need to take care of me. When God gives us the example of Jesus, who in the book of Luke says, look, this is my body that's broken for you. I am a living sacrifice, not my will, but God's be done. Is your life 100% laid down at the altar of Jesus Christ? Or are you laying at the altar of money? Are you laying at the altar of time? Are you laying at the altar of pride? Are you holding on and taking care of yourself? Or are you allowing God, the, the God of heaven and earth, the maker of heaven and earth to come and to be everything for you? Or are you trying to provide for yourself?
Does your life belong to you? Does your life belong to you? Because it shouldn't. Your life should belong to the Holy Spirit. Here I am, Jesus. I am your hands and your feet and your voice to this world. Your Holy Spirit lives in me, so send me. Here I am. Wherever you send me, I'll go. Whatever you ask of me, I'll do. Whatever you say to give, I'll give. Whatever you say to say, I will say. Whoever you say to talk to, I will talk to. Whether it's glamorous or it seems all muddy and doom and gloom, God, I will listen to your voice and I will be quick to obey. Not taking care of myself, but considering other people. Listen to that word consider. See, the definition of selfish is considering yourself. But the definition of godliness is considering other people, other human beings, the ones that aren't perfect, the ones that aren't pretty, the ones that aren't uh, whatever you want to fill the blanket with there. But as people, there's none of us that are perfect. We have to consider people. We have to consider people. Many of us consider the task at hand more than the people. It's just our natural way. It's just our natural way to want to hoard things for ourselves and consider tasks over relationships. As I'm recording this podcast, I was just interrupted as someone came in the door and I was super frustrated as I'm talking about not considering tasks over people. A people interrupted my task. God, how can you rescue us from this body of death? How can you rescue me from this selfishness that is so dark inside of me? It's only by spending time with the Holy Spirit. It's only by renewing my mind in the word of God. It's only by daily saying, God, I want to take up my cross and follow you daily. God, I want to be like you. And daily coming to a place of repentance. That instance right there is on my list of repentance for today. God, help me. God, change me. God, help me to be soft. Consider people. We have to find ourselves in a, a place of repentance for our selfishness. Because God showed us the perfect way in Jesus. He showed us a Jesus who considered us sinners worthy enough to die for, worthy enough to lay down everything for, laying down his preferences, laying down his comfort, laying down his deity for sinners like me. Here's how God considered me. He gave everything. Here's how God considered me in my life. He gave me everything. He gave up himself for me. Now, how can I be like him? I can give up myself for other people. I can give up my life. I can give up my comfort. I can give up my preferences for other people. But how can I do it? 
I get frustrated when someone interrupts anything I do. How can I do it, God? Spending time in his presence. The more time I spend with him, the more like him I can become. Here's how God was considerate. Here's how God considered me. Here's how God laid down his life for me. Now I want to go and do the same thing. Here's how God was wise with me. God considered me that while I was dead in my sin, he rescued me. Who do you know that's dead in their sin? Who do you know that's dark and ugly, selfish, mean, nasty, and dead in their sin? God, may we go rescue them. God, may we turn their eyes to Jesus. God, may we be a light. May we not repay evil with evil. But kindness, gentleness, and having self-control. God was considerate of me. God was considerate of you. He considered you and gave up everything. Will you consider that person that drives you up a wall? Will you consider that person that God has put in your life to say, hey, will you be like my son Jesus? Hey, will you be someone who's selfish? Or will you be someone who considers others? Will you lay down your life? What if this life wasn't for you and your tasks? What if it was to be like Jesus? What if your life was to be like Jesus? To serve others? I can't keep serving myself. In order to serve others, I can't keep serving myself. I've got to take care of other people. I've got to consider other people. I've got to act it out because God is considering me, because God is looking out for me. Am I wiser than God? Do I need to help him out? Do I need to help him take care of me? Or can I allow God to take care of me in a way that's beyond what I could come up with? He's going to take care of me as I serve him. Jesus said, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. If we are to take up our cross, take up suffering, take on suffering voluntarily, Suffering is having a conversation with someone that nobody else wants to talk to. Suffering is giving up something that you enjoy for the sake of someone else, not just what's extra, not just what's left over in your bank account, but sacrificially giving of your money, of yourself, of your time, of your life, of saying, I don't care if I ever achieve, quote unquote, success as the world sees it. I want to be successful in the kingdom of God. And that may be forever being obscure. That may be forever being behind the scenes. That may be what nobody else ever sees. But I want to give my life to Jesus because he's the audience. He's the one that I I'm looking to, to impress. He's the one that I'm looking to be uh, used by. I, I want to be a blessing. I don't want to be impressive. I, I don't want to impress the world. I want to impress my king because he promises he's going to take care of me. 
He's wise enough to take care of me. I don't need to help him out. Jesus wasn't selfish with his life, but yet I am selfish with mine. I want to be more like Jesus. And I think that you do too. I think as a human race, we all want to live for something bigger than ourselves. I think as a human race, we all realize that our time here is more valuable when it, when it helps somebody else, when it's not about us, when there are things that are genuinely helping other people, we as a human race are quick to respond. What if we're put here to help other people? What if we're put here to act like Jesus? What if we're put here to not live lives for ourselves, but to live them for other people? We would look a little bit like Mother Teresa. We would look a little bit like Jesus, who gave up the riches of heaven, who came to lay down his life. What if we give up the riches of America? What if we give up what we want out of our life and trust that God has a better plan? Rich, young ruler, do you trust that God has a better plan for your life? Do you trust that the broken things of your life can help other people more than if we hoard them for ourselves? That if we break down our pride, if we break down our selfishness, if we break down our sin, we can give hope to other people. That if we break down our money, we can give it away freely. If we break down our time, then we could be a living resource for other people. Is my life mine or is it God's? What if we live our whole life going in the wrong direction? What if we live our whole lives taking care of ourselves? What if we live our whole lives thinking we're doing the right thing, but we're really serving ourselves? Today, it should, it should just stop. Today, we should get on our faces before Jesus and say, God, what do you have for my life? God, I, I give up. I give up everything. And I trust that you'll take care of my family. I trust that you'll take care of my children. I am walking out my life for you and not for myself. This life is for Jesus, not for myself. God, help us. Because we can get so easily distracted, so easily into the rat race of this world that we forget about human beings. We begin to serve tasks and ourselves. And I am guilty of it. Even as I speak these words, I've been guilty of it. God, help us. God, bring us to a place where we're closer and closer to you. I really believe that we need to spend time in the presence of Jehovah God, Jesus, every single day, because that's how quickly we go a different way. That's how quickly we forget. That's how quickly we walk into our own natural selfishness. I'm either going to be selfish or I'm going to spend time with Jesus. And if I spend time with Jesus, he's going to teach and change me. I've shared before that God has moved me to a place where I'm spending one day a week with Jesus. One day a week where I go off and I, I leave my house and I spend time listening to what God would say to me. Do you want to know what's different about my life? There's so many things that are different about my life. I'm slower about making decisions. 
I'm slower in how I react to things. I begin to consider other people when I'm saying things or doing things. I don't really need my voice to be heard at every situation, in every meeting, in every um, time there's a question. I don't need to be heard because Jesus hears me every day. Because I realize that his opinion is, is bigger and it will come out whether I say it or not. I can settle down quicker. I'm not as unnerved in, in busy or tough situations. My heart is settled. I'm different. And I don't feel unnecessary pressure anymore. There's so many things that in this last year of spending time with Jesus that I have just 100% let go that I realize if something doesn't happen or a task isn't completed, it's not on me to fill every gap. That Jesus is big enough and wise enough and raising enough people up to do different things. I've realized that I'm not the savior of my church or my family or my marriage. I'm a participant, but I'm not the savior. And I've realized how big God is. I'm quieter. I lead differently. Everything has kind of shifted, but almost like a chiropractor where you don't see the change visibly. It's this little adjustment here and this little adjustment there, but it changes so much. And the only person that could do that in my life is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the whistleblower in my life that can call me out at just the right time when my heart will listen, when my mind will listen, when I will obey. He calls me out and says, stop this, do this, go here, listen, come and learn my ways. And the Lord's been impressing on my heart about daily time, just soaking in the presence of Jesus. We can't give out peace if we don't have peace. We can't give out joy if we don't find joy. And so instead, we're giving out our anxiety and our worries. We're giving out our rushed time, our lack of money, our broken down selves. And Jesus says, I want you to be whole and healthy, healed and set free so that you can go and give your life to other people. But if you're not whole and healed, if you're not at peace, then you're giving out just what the rest of the world is giving out. Will you allow things in your life to be broken down and given to other people? Because I truly believe, just like in Mark, where Jesus broke the bread, and it fed all those people that your life can be broken before Jesus in a good way and it can begin to feed other people. What if your life isn't for you? What if your life is meant to be for other people? What if your life is meant to be uncomfortable situations where you sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice? The difference between a good mom and a selfish mom is who she's considering. A good mom will consider her kids their needs first before hers. A selfish mom will take care of herself and with whatever she has left over, throw a dog bone to the kids. 
Jesus shows us how to be considerate. He shows us how to give up our comforts for other people. And that's where the true joy comes. We think, but if I give up my life, I'll have nothing left for myself. But if you give up your life, you'll have everything for yourself. You'll have things that the world cannot offer. Peace. Joy. Fulfillment. Trust. Will you give up your life? Will you decide today that my life is not my own, it belongs to Jesus? And will you commit to spending time in the presence of the only one who can help you, the only one who can blow the whistle in your life, the only one who can chiropractor uh, you in in the spirit realm, the only one who can change your direction, who can make you into who you're supposed to be, who you're created to be? Will you commit to spending time in the presence of Jesus today? Today, before your head hits that pillow, you're in charge of what time your eyes close. So take time, make time, create time today to spend in the presence of Jesus and give him your life. Give your life to the world, not to yourself. Let's pray. Jesus, only you can do it. Jesus, I see the flaws in myself. Even in this very moment, I see flaws in myself. Even in this very moment, I can get distracted. I can get selfish. I can be self-serving and task-serving. Jesus, I need you. I know everyone listening needs you. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to spend time in your presence, that God, you would put a longing in our hearts to be with you. And God, I pray that we would give up our lives, that our lives wouldn't be for ourselves, but they would be for other people. God, help us to have godly objectives in our lives. God, whatever you say to do, help us to do it. God, you are wise enough. I don't need to help you out. I just need to listen and obey what you say for me to do. God, help us to be your servants. You're our master. Jesus, thank you for your kindness. Thank you for giving us your son when we didn't deserve it. Thank you for continually giving us your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that we would be broken and that our lives would be useful to many people. We pray all these things in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus. Amen.